Hello, my friend, and welcome to Big Lash Energy. Thank you for pressing play today. If this is your first time tuning in, please get comfy, stay alive. I'm so excited for this episode. Uh, I don't mean to toot my own horn or lick my own nipple, but toot, toot. lick, lick. I'm pretty sure this is some of the best advice that I've ever given. I truly have saved the very best advice for the end of the year, and I'm hoping that you find it helpful. Basically, I just want you to have the best 2023 ever. And at the time of this recording, we're looking forward to a new year with stars in our eyes, thinking of all the possibilities, all of the things we're hoping will be different next year. Are you going to make a New Year's resolution? <laughs> I'm not. For one, I'm a true Aquarian, so it's pretty much against my religion to do anything that everyone else is doing. But also, I've always kind of believed that if I had a goal that was important enough to me, that I would want to get started on it right away. I wouldn't want to waste time when I could have been making progress waiting for January 1st. But that's just me. If it works for you, then do it. I can definitely respect the optimism and the desire for self-improvement. I do, however, have some bad news for you. This is a very unpopular opinion. Please don't hate me for saying this, but... A new year doesn't really mean shit. Like literally nothing changes in the new year except the date. Okay, so let's put it this way. Let's take a second to think about yesterday. What was it like? How did it feel? Right. And the day before yesterday, how did that feel? Okay, so compare those days to today. How much has changed? Likely not much, right? <laughs> it's the exact same with January 1st. When we go from the 31st to the 1st, it's the same shit. Different date. If nothing changes, nothing changes. But there is potential. There are things we could do to pretty much guarantee that 2023 is better than this year. Hell, you don't even need to wait for a new year. You could choose to have a new beginning whenever you want, like at the start of a new month, on your birthday. Hell, every Monday is a brand new week. It's all a chance for a new start. It's just a matter of perspective and approaching things with a different mindset. That's right. You too could do it for free. I'm not even going to charge you three easy installments of $74.99, but I'm just going to warn you. If you don't do these things we talk about today, next year is most likely going to be more of the same as this year. So today we're talking about four changes you absolutely must make before you enter the new year so that this one is better than the last. Okay, so let's not waste any time because the clock is ticking. And before we know it, 2023 is going to be here and we have to be ready. So pour a glass of champagne, raise a glass, and let's get ready to toast to your best year yet. Today, we're counting down the four things you absolutely must do for a new beginning and the best year of your life. Are you ready for this? Five, four, three, two, one. Happy New Year! Welcome to Big Lash Energy, dedicated to helping you navigate life's hurdles with your head held high. We're celebrating wins, learning from our losses, and laughing at ourselves along the way. <laughs> now here's your favorite hype woman, Jaina Marie. Jaina Marie. Okay, so the first one, this one's heavy. It might be a little bit hard for me to explain, but it really does have the most potential for changing your life. We need to look back on all the things that went wrong last year 
and reframe them with an internal locus of control. Have I lost you? Don't worry, I'm going to explain. Okay, so what is the concept of the locus of control? So your locus of control says a lot about how you view the world and your role in determining the course of your life. So when you believe you have the power to control your own destiny and determine your own direction, you likely have a strong internal locus of control. If you have an external locus of control, you likely believe that what happens to you is the result of luck or fate or is determined by people in authority. You may tend to give up when life doesn't go your way because you don't feel like you have the power to change it. For example, if you were to do poorly on a test and you attributed it to not studying enough, not trying hard enough, or maybe the fact that you went out to a concert the night before, you're using internal. If you were to blame bad teaching, a confusing test, or the temperature of the room, or what the guy beside you was doing, that's external. So the downsides to each of these is that people with an internal locus of control can tend to beat themselves up or be too hard on themselves when things don't go right. And people with an external locus are actually more likely to be depressed or have a sense of hopelessness because they believe that life is happening to them and they have no role to play. It's a sliding scale and you can either fall anywhere in between being extremely external and extremely internal. But For the purpose of today's exercise, we don't need you to label yourself either or we just need you to understand the difference because we're going to reevaluate the things that went wrong in the last year with an internal locus of control. We're going to ask ourselves, what might we have done to contribute to that problem? So before the new year, I'm recommending that you take an inventory of all the mistakes you made or the shitty things that happened. And for each and every one of them, I want you to blame yourself. Okay, no, not really. But I want you to think about what you could have done differently. That way you can learn from it and bring that new knowledge with you into the next year. If we dig deep enough, there's almost always a part that we played in it. I can already tell that you want to cancel me for this, so just hear me out. There's almost always something we could have done differently, and this isn't so that we can be hard on ourselves or beat ourselves up. It's all about coming from a place of understanding so that we can learn and grow from it. Okay, so this might be confusing. Let me explain. We're going to workshop one of my shitty situations from the past as an example to help, okay? So let's say we take my D story from the Fifty Shades of Red trilogy as an example. So people heard my story about how I was cheated on. I was left the day that I lost our baby. I lost tens of thousands of dollars. And when they hear it, they go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry that happened to you. How could someone do that to you? Of course it makes sense to say that. And of course there's a shitty person involved here, but it doesn't serve me to go through life feeling like bad things will just happen to me out of the blue, completely unexpectedly and entirely out of my control. So if I were to move through this world, believing that any time that I love someone, they might just switch up on me and I could end up completely blindsided and curled up in fetal position, bawling my eyes out. If I really believe that, I would never get out of bed. That's called having an external locus of control. So I have to take inventory as to what I did in this situation. How did I play myself? Well, for one, in this specific situation, I didn't listen to my gut. I ignored my gut instinct time and time again. Like, Time and time and time again. I also ignored the red flags. He told me in the beginning that he needed one threesome a year to get his evil out. Oh my gosh. And I could have listened to those words he was saying, taken them for face value and said, all right, this is a person who will never be okay with being with one woman. And then decide if I'm comfortable 
with that or not. Also, I never made boundaries. For example, when he first told me his living situation and the fact that he was still sharing a place with his ex-girlfriend, I should have said, wow, that sounds pretty complicated and I'm really not interested in being with someone who still lives with his ex. So hit me up when you aren't tied to another woman. But I didn't. Of course, it's not entirely my fault. I'm an honest person who believes that other people are honest too. But if I'm completely honest with myself, there were plenty of warning signs that I chose to ignore for whatever reason. Do you see where I'm going here? I'm taking responsibility for the ways I messed up, not so I can beat myself up, but rather so I can feel empowered to know how to avoid similar situations in the future. I mean, if we suffer and don't learn anything from it, then it truly was a waste. If instead we suffer but learn and grow from it, and then that experience becomes a part of one of the building blocks that makes us who we were meant to be, then in some kind of way, it was worth it. If we dive even deeper, if I take it another level and I ask myself, why did I ignore my gut? Why did I ignore those red flags and fail to put up all those boundaries? Well, again, if I'm really honest with myself, it's because I was too desperate for love. I was so desperate for love from someone else that it became more important than the love I had for myself. I'm going to say that again. I was so desperate for love from someone else that it became more important to me than the love that I had for myself. Boom. Boom. There it is. So as you can see, walking into the new year, we could do it playing defense, always with our walls up, padding on, ready to be bulldozed at any second by whatever the universe throws at us, or a person afraid of getting hurt, afraid that everyone is out to get me, or... I can play the offense, walking through life confidently, trusting myself and my gut, knowing that I have the tools I need now to trust my gut when something is off, pay attention to the red flags and make boundaries when something doesn't feel right to me. I now know that I'm not going to blame myself moving forward. I'm going to make good decisions based on self-respect and not out of desperation for someone else's love. It also works outside of the concept of relationships. So let's say that what went wrong for me last year was that I worked way too much. So first I have to ask myself, what could I have done differently? Well, sure, it felt like my calendar was completely overwhelming and I had not a single minute to myself, but I have a booking assistant who works for me, who I could have told to make sure that I had two days off a week so that I could have time to refresh, spend time with friends, enjoy the summer, but I didn't. I wasn't a victim of my calendar. I just didn't take control of it. I could have said no to all those extra people who wanted me to squeeze them in. Why didn't I? Maybe I'm too eager to please people, putting their needs ahead of my own. Or maybe I don't trust that there is an abundance of work and money for me in the universe, so I don't have to be afraid that work won't be there for me tomorrow. So moving into 2023, there's another opportunity for growth, knowing that I have control when it comes to my life. I'm my own boss, so why not be a good boss? It all comes down to shifting perspective, taking some of the responsibility so that you give yourself the power to make changes accordingly and not have to live in fear that it's going to happen again at any moment. This week, I got into a conversation with a friend of mine who recently was cheated on by her husband. Of course, I felt terrible for her, so we went out for drinks and had a little chat. And while we were talking, she said, you know what? 
I'm never going to be in another relationship. I don't think I want another title ever again, because what I learned from this is that I can never, never, never trust a man. And I was actually really upset. I couldn't believe that that was what she took from the situation she'd been through because I knew the whole story. I said, is that really what you learned? And she said, yeah. So what I knew had happened was that while they were dating, he actually cheated on her with his ex-girlfriend. She got upset. He said, how can I make things better? And she said, if you want me to trust you again, you should marry me. So they got married. Then shortly after he cheated on her again with surprise, surprise, his ex. So now here she is saying, this whole thing taught me that I can never trust anyone at any moment. I could be blindsided by somebody that I loved. But I was telling her, it does not benefit you for that to be what you take away from this. It doesn't benefit you to go through life thinking that you can never trust anyone again. Because what I think you needed to learn in this situation is that you need to start trusting yourself. You knew all along that this guy was a slime ball. He didn't blindside you. You just didn't listen to your gut. And if you take personal responsibility for this, then you can move forward in life having more trust in yourself and knowing that you have control or at least some control in not being in these kinds of situations again. Most people, when you talk to them after they've been cheated, they say, I ignored the signs. I ignored the red flags. And here I am. Now I can't believe this happened. And it doesn't mean I don't have sympathy. It just means we need to extract from this what we're supposed to learn. The universe is almost never trying to teach us that we shouldn't trust life. We shouldn't trust the world and we shouldn't trust people. The universe is almost always trying to teach us that we need to start trusting ourselves. Anyways, that was quite the rant. The moral of the story is go through each of the things that went wrong, whether it's a relationship with friends or family or something that went wrong with work and ask yourself, what did I do wrong? What could I have done differently in this situation? And try and extract from it what it is that you need to do differently moving forward. Then, of course, 2023 is going to be much better than 2022. Number two, this one is a lot more fun and much easier. I want you to take inventory of everything that went right. Make a list of all your blessings, all of your accomplishments, the things that you're thankful for, what has changed for the better since the beginning of the year. Make a list and celebrate it, damn it. It doesn't matter how small of a win write it down. I consider every happy bride that I worked with to be a win, every time I traveled and came home safely, every time I showed up for myself, hell, anytime I stood up for myself. Win, 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 win. In fact, this week, a listener reached out to us from Saskatchewan insisting that we sell her one of the hoodies that I'd been posting all over social media. Hi, Mel. I know you're listening. Thank you for being here. <laughs> We'd made an order of hoodies because we were seeing if we liked the style of the placement of the fonts, etc., but we hadn't made them available for purchase yet, and she was insisting that we sell her one. Well, we didn't even know what to charge for them. We decided on a price that would give us a $20 profit and Mel agreed. She sent the e-transfer and Carly called me so excited. She was freaking out. She said, Jaina, the podcast just made its first $20. It kind of felt like one of those times when I freaked out uh, for just winning a couple of dollars at a slot machine and everyone else turns their necks to see who won the jackpot. And I'm sitting there like, nope, just me and this $4. Carly reminded me, we have to celebrate every single win, no matter how small. Then she said, you know what? Maybe there are others who might want a hoodie as well. So we made a post on Instagram and within a few hours, we'd sold every one that we had and needed to make another order. Now we had so much more to celebrate. I swear that having a grateful heart 
brings more blessings. And I'm sure during the course of this year, you've had plenty of $20 wins and hopefully some jackpots too. It's good to look back and see all the progress you can make in 365 days and take that energy with you into the new year. Number three, leave the baggage behind. This was probably the biggest lesson that I learned three years ago. When the lockdowns happened, I wasn't allowed to work. I never ever imagined that the government would tell me that I couldn't do what I needed to do to feed myself and pay my bills. It happened at the worst time too because it was right at the end of my off season, so my savings were completely depleted. In other words, I needed to be working. While lots of other makeup artists in my industry had family that they lived with or spouses that could pitch in for the bills, I was alone to take care of everything myself. And on top of that, the majority of my brides whose weddings were canceled were demanding their deposits back. So it was essentially like being fired from my job while being asked for my last three paychecks back. (sighs) What a struggle. With no end in sight, I realized that there was no other option for me but to sell my condo. This felt like my worst nightmare. That place always felt so perfect for me. It was humble and it was small, but since my family had flipped houses my whole life, it was the place I'd lived in the longest, so it really was the first place that really felt like home to me. I'd been there for 10 years. I'll tell the full story of what happened here another time because it's actually quite wild, but once I was done digging my heels in, I finally accepted that this was the best decision for me. So I put the place on the market and I started to pack. As I did, I found all kinds of things that exes had left behind. Clothes, dishes, cards, photos, action figures. Yes, I was married to a man-child. I'd stop and think that it would make absolutely no sense to bring those things with me into my new place. I didn't need memories of those people who'd mistreated me, hurt me, or let me down. So why the hell would I bring their shit into my new home? Actually, my friend Elsa suggested that I donate all of their stuff to homeless people, take pictures of them with it, and then send the pictures to my exes. I love how she thinks that is my kind of petty. (laughs) Of course, as I placed their things in the donation pile, I thought of all the shit that I'd been through in that home. So much sadness, heartbreak, and loss. I'd been carrying it with me for a really long time. I'd been marinating in it. Even though I always wore a smile on the outside, I still had lots of anger, grief, resentment, and hell, maybe even hate inside of me. And that's when it hit me. I'd already felt those feelings. They weren't serving me anymore. In fact, they were just as useless to me as the Star Wars action figures in men's t-shirts. I didn't have a need for any of that emotional baggage, just like I didn't have a need for their things. There's a song I've always loved by Erica Badu. It says, Bag lady, you gon' hurt your back. Dragging all them bags like that. I guess nobody ever told you all you must hold on to is you, is you, is you. One day all them bags gon' get in your way. I said one day all them bags gon' get in your way. So pack light. I was that bag lady holding on to the weight of all that hurt, anger, and disappointment. But now it was time to put the bags down and move on. I didn't want those feelings in my new place just like I didn't want the things there either. So when I moved, I left it all behind. I was ready. When I got into my new place, it really did feel like I'd moved out from underneath a big gray cloud. Every morning I woke up in my new home, I felt lighter 
happier. I was no longer angry towards my ex or angry about what had happened to me. I knew there was a reason for it all and I'd spent enough time stressing over it. I wasn't suffocated by the stuff or the feelings anymore. Now my arms were empty, ready to catch new blessings, ready for new feelings. When we look towards a new beginning, like a new year, we could visualize it all as a new home we're moving into. What are you packing? What are you leaving behind? What things are suffocating you? What feelings are taking up unnecessary space in your heart and unnecessary energy in your life? Maybe you're carrying hurt or resentment from last year, or maybe it goes way farther back than that. But either way, carrying it isn't helping you move forward. It's only slowing your progress, sucking the joy out of today. We can't control what happened in the past, but we can decide not to bring it with us in the future. Of course, you have to be ready. Some things might be too fresh and you're not done feeling it yet. So give yourself time to heal. But there are other things, things that have turned sour like old milk in the fridge. Why is it still there? Get rid of that shit and make room for the new. Most importantly, we can't catch our blessings if our arms are full. So just put that shit down. Imagine a new year with a lighter heart, a fresh perspective, and empty hands ready to be filled with new blessings, new feelings, new experiences. That is how you make next year better. (laughs) Lastly, move forward with faith, not fear. What is faith? It's complete trust or confidence in someone or something. It really doesn't even have to be a God thing. It's just the simple belief that whatever is going to happen is going to happen for you, not to you. Even the things that are seemingly, quote, bad. Everything that 2023 brings is going to be a part of your journey to help you become the human that you're supposed to be. So if you truly believe that, you absolutely cannot be fearful for what's to come. The two cannot exist together. You have to either have fear or have faith, never both. Fear says, don't bother, you're probably going to fail. Where faith says, even if you fail, it will benefit you in some way. And the only way to truly fail is to not try at all. So go boldly. If you have faith that the universe has your back, then you better walk into the room like God sent you. Believe in yourself, believe in your journey and your purpose. And at the end of the year, you're going to be standing taller, knowing that you lived up to your full potential and you didn't cower away from any challenge out of fear. I'm telling you, if you do these four things, <laughs> these four simple things, 2023 is going to be the best year of your life. <laughs> I really do sound like I'm starting a Big Lush Energy infomercial. For just four easy payments of $74.99 plus $6.99 shipping and handling, you too can have the best year of, best your, year life. of your life. If you're learning and growing from your mistakes, trusting your gut, celebrating your wins, leaving the baggage behind and moving forward in faith that the universe is conspiring to help you not hurt you, then that, my friend, is Big Lash Energy. (laughs) That's everything I have for you today. I've given you some homework, but I'm pretty confident that if you do it, you are going to have a much better year ahead. If you know of anyone that could benefit from the advice that I've given today, could you pretty please share this episode with them? I hear every time you do, an angel gets its wings. It's true. Oh, and I almost forgot. 
Could you pretty please give us a follow or subscribe on whichever platform you listen to? And if you'd like to show some appreciation, we would love a five-star rating or if you could take the time to write a review. Anyways, I'm not trying to give you too much homework. I'm just saying we always appreciate it. Until next week, go be your most fabulous self and don't forget to spread that badass big lash energy everywhere you go. Thanks so much. Bye.